my coaching has now evolved to helping people to build a fulfilling career that allows them to live this lifestyle. Because it's one thing to have a remote job, but this is what I keep stressing is that it's not just about having a remote job to live this way, right? You have to enjoy what you're doing. Insured Nomads proudly supports the new Nomad podcast. Insured Nomads for the evolution of insurance, for the revolution of travel. For all your travel, medical, and support needs, please visit our website at insurednomads.com. We support our location-independent community worldwide. Welcome to the new Nomad Podcast, hosted by Alan and Andrew of Insured Nomads. Join us as Alan and Andrew interview and explore the community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Tune in to incredible discussions with thought leaders each week that will help you take full advantage of the cross-border remote work lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the new Nomad Podcast. I think today we have a very exciting, informational, really inspiring story. Uh, Kristen Vieira will join us today. Somebody who really packed up and lived what we've been talking about on this podcast. You know, somebody who's uh, decided to do the digital nomad lifestyle is going to share her story, but share some tips uh, and ideas. Because, you know, frankly, when you read the story of somebody who said, listen, I'm going to move to a different place, speak a different language, put myself in a different culture. That's just amazing. And Andrew, I'll, I'll bring it over to you, my, my co-host, uh, Andrew Jernigan, who himself has gone to many different locations Throwing in the different language on top of the different location, throwing on the fact that a female versus a male to a different location. I mean, there's just so much, you know, that's that's going to be in the story today that I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is fun because as I look at the dedication that Kristen put into her education, her profession, working with likes of PwC and Amazon and Credit Karma. And the list just goes on of some of these major corporations she worked with to then say, and to get the master's degree and et cetera. And I think there's a doctoral thesis in the works. But, you know, it's one of those things to look at it and say, wow, you've come to the place to where you can consult others, not just project management and, and skills based, but from the inside of, okay, yes, you can, you can switch from the nine to five to the make your own hours and live around the world. So this is going to be fun. Welcome, Kristen. Glad you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat more all about travel and digital nomad life and kind of how this all evolved, you know? Well, why don't you share with our audience your story? Because it is it is amazing. All the way back to the day that you had the epiphany that you wanted something different, somewhere different. I'd love to hear how this, this, this worked. Yeah. So it was kind of, it all, the seed was planted in college. I went to UC Santa Barbara in California and I always loved Spanish from high school ever since I started to take courses, which I think we should start courses in elementary school. Maybe that's a thing now in the US, but I started in high school and I was always, it was my favorite subject. And so I chose to minor in it in college. And in college, I really wanted to study abroad. Unfortunately, that never worked out with the programs I was involved in. I couldn't do it in the quarter system and it wasn't able to do it in summers. So it was like an opportunity I felt was always missed and it always kind of sat with me. And so then I entered, like you mentioned, PwC full-time work living in San Francisco right out of college. And I actually went into a career that wasn't for me. Auditing was not my lifelong career. It's not for everyone, right? And accounting was not it. And I actually experienced early career burnout. And I 
went through a career change with a coach who guided me into HR tech, which was my passion in San Francisco. And I loved, actually loved HR tech. But something that kept sitting was this travel itch and I couldn't shake it. And uh, after living in San Francisco for seven years, I kind of, I kept thinking like, I need a change. I need a change. And there was about a two year period where I kept feeling the desire for change, but not acting. It was like something was there, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And I look back on those two years as like kind of not my happiest period. I just felt a bit stuck. I couldn't figure out the career direction I wanted to go. I couldn't figure out, I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. And then ultimately I decided I wanted to move cities. I decided I needed a change of environment and a slower pace from the SF tech scene. While I loved HR tech, I just, I felt I really wanted to slow down a bit. And so that kind of inspired this U.S. exploration with friends where we would do city trips for me to identify the city I wanted to move to. And so got a little travel itch internally within the U.S. And then when I decided on the city, I decided I had to leave my role because it was only based in San Francisco. And the city was San Diego, by the way. That was my choice to slow down, be by the beach. And that weekend that I decided to leave my job and I put in notice, I had two encounters with friends, friend of friends, where they said, if you're moving cities and changing jobs, why wouldn't you travel? And it was like a light bulb went off. And I was, I was like, you're right. <laughs> I have to put all my stuff in storage or move it. Why wouldn't I take, I'm not tied to anything why not take this opportunity? So that basically evolved into me deciding to book a one-way ticket to Guatemala to go to Lake Atitlan to start a solo backpacking trip to take this travel break between moving cities and changing jobs. And that one-way ticket turned into a three-month solo backpacking trip. It was meant to be a month. And I remember emailing my dad one day and saying, you know, I think I need to keep going. <laughs> Do you support this decision? And he kind of said, you've got to follow, follow your heart and do what's best for you. And I just felt it. I wanted to keep going because I was learning so much. I stayed with a family in Guatemala and was studying Spanish. I was meeting such interesting people. I was just learning so much about myself and about Guatemala, like different cultures in Central America. And that's where the travel itch really started. And I did move to San Diego after this. I came back and the itch didn't leave. That's what happened. And I got into this new role in San Diego and the project I was hired on got put on hold. And I would go in every day eager for this project. And my manager would say, we're holding because there was acquisition rumors and things like that. So it was, there was nothing we could do. And so in that time, I, I can't be, I can't be still or stagnant. I was like, I've got to be doing something. And while I was living in San Diego, a friend had asked me a question and it was, if you could do anything right now, what would it be? And my answer was, I would move to Latin America, but I just moved to San Diego. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, this project gets put on hold, right? So the friend's question keeps coming up in my head. And I, I was like, maybe I just give this a shot. I have all this time. So I just started to fire off in mails and apply to roles in Medellin, Colombia and Buenos Aires. and that turned into a job opportunity, like interviews flowing and a job opportunity with an HR tech company in Argentina, which literally was the spark of this whole journey was moving to Buenos Aires and starting this job. And so that's kind of the full story of how one backpacking trip turned into a move abroad, which turned into permanent lifestyle. And it was a travel itch that just never went away.
So interesting. So making this transition, and by the way, I do commend you on San Diego. If you have to pick someone <laughs> in the United States, very nicely done. Uh, both my kids are there, uh, as a matter of fact. But you know, when you look at the countries and the cities, did did you identify them as places that you wanted to be, or was the opportunity there? Because I think our audience is like, if I want to do something like this, how do I figure out? You know, I mean, both cities are tremendous, but like, would, could it have been Bogota if there was a job there? Could it have been Rio if there was a job there? Or was it more like, hey, what I hear is really good about the community there, and I'm picking that, or is it a little bit of the kind of it? It was the opportunity presented itself. That's a great question. It was a mix of things. I knew Latin America. That was a key. I knew South America in general. I loved Medellin on that backpacking trip. So initially I thought it was there and I had been there. So I spent a good amount of time there and felt the whole energy of the city. I met people. I really love how kind and friendly Colombians are. So I felt like that could be the place. Buenos Aires actually was more the company I saw an opportunity that was really aligned with my career background and it drew me, but I had never been. I knew very little about Argentina. And I will tell you both, honestly, I didn't even look up Argentina and Buenos Aires on a map fully until I was accepting the offer. And I was like, oh, I could not go further away from home. Like my, my parents were like, you're really trying to get away, aren't you? Because <laughs> it's literally... <laughs> As far as <laughs> but it was the opportunity. And then honestly, I would not have picked any other place. Argentina now feels like home and I love Buenos Aires. So it all worked out in the best way possible. But that's the thing is I had never been. And that's a risk sometimes you take with an abroad opportunity. But the learnings and the growth you gain are invaluable no matter where you go. Well, you happen to be working today from one of my favorite cities and actually probably one of my favorite areas of town, and that's Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So I take it you've been there multiple times as well. Is it in your top 10 locations outside the U.S., you think? So actually, this is my this trip has been my first time here. I was hoping to come here in 2020, but as we know, the world shifted and I changed changed route based on that. So thankfully this year, I knew I had to come and I went back to Argentina for the first time since the pandemic, which I left during the pandemic and it was really hard to leave because that had become my home and my community. And so it was really nice to get back there this year and reconnect with friends. And I just knew I didn't... Part of this lifestyle decision was chasing summer and sunshine. I am not a winter person hence San Diego choice. I am a, a sunshine, warmth. <laughs> that is where I thrive. And so I knew I was going back to Buenos Aires around winter or just before. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity now to get to Rio and to enjoy the sun during winter in Argentina. And this city has really amazed me. I didn't know much about Rio before. I didn't do a ton of research, which is kind of how I travel now. I really flow with it and get to the place and let it surprise me and experience it. Of course, being safety and security and caution. But I think there's a beauty to not planning everything. And just the mix of mountains, beaches, city. The beauty of the city has blown my mind. Now, the challenge is Portuguese because I've gotten basically fluent in Spanish and now it's like, okay, back to ground zero. The languages are much different from each other. Yeah. They are. And being in Baja de Tijuca, that area of town, you've it's a wonderful area for great restaurants, dining, uh, a lot of expats and foreigners actually that, that are in that area that are there as slow mads. 
more than the tourists that you see in Ipanema and uh, Copacabana, that area, you see folks who are passing through for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because when you're doing this long term, it's good to find community, people that are going to be there for a month or, or 10 months, you know, rather than just those that are there for a week and, oh, you get to have coffee once. Okay. You know, that's, it's a good aspect of, of choosing the right area of town to, to be in. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting what you bring up about the different lengths of stay because this lifestyle can be lived in so many ways, which is why I'm passionate about coaching it because it really can be customized to how someone best thrives. Like I like slowness and really immersing. And for that, I like longer stays in cities and countries to really connect. Some people are more about reaching a lot of destinations, so they might want to do it quicker, right? And so it's so unique to what best, like what someone's desires are with building it and how they live it. And that can look different for us all. And I notice that with who I meet too. So Kristen, you know, I'm sitting here thinking if I'm somebody listening to this podcast and I'm going to reach out to you for coaching, I would think that I would get some career advice, some ideas on how to do an international job search, maybe some of your ideas on that lifestyle, maybe some transition issues to remote work, you know, which could you share a couple of you kind of how you go through on the coaching uh, on that and maybe touch up on a couple of those issues there. Because like I said, what you did is so adventurous. I, I think it'd be great to have a coach help somebody avoid the mistakes that maybe you ran into and, and then some of the learnings when you're trying to make this big of a uh, transition. Yeah. And I went through my coaching journey, becoming a coach while I was in Argentina. And initially, my whole mission with coaching was finding more fulfillment in career and lifestyle. Because from my journey to early career burnout, to finding fulfillment in the HR field, to discovering values misalignment and work and how to navigate that, that really drove my passion for career coaching for deeper fulfillment. Then through living this lifestyle, I've been through so many challenges and so much growth that I was like, ah, there's so much beauty to growing through this lifestyle and being able to work in fulfilling work while living it. So my coaching has now evolved to helping people to build a fulfilling career that allows them to live this lifestyle. Because it's one thing to have a remote job, but this is what I keep stressing is that it's not just about having a remote job to live this way, right? You have to enjoy what you're doing, just like you need to enjoy it if you're working from home, if you're in a hybrid or an in-office role, right? So now what I'm passionate about is really helping people to find remote work that's aligned with their passions and what lights them up and to live out this lifestyle. So to take it to foreign destinations, which poses its own challenges. And I think that there can be just, and I look at, like I told you the story of what brought me to do this, two years of thinking about feeling stuck. And I want that to be, I want to get someone out of that rut quicker, right? Um, and to feel supported through through it because there was a lot of fear for me too. But I had to push through that, right? And just go for it. And there was also the transition period after. So there's working through the fear of going and then transitioning into a new country, which I did alone, right? And I didn't feel that friends and family back home understood. And so I want to be that support system and also guide for those who really want that. And I'm what I love is that the awareness around this lifestyle is growing because when I did it, it felt so unusual. And I was like, no one understands me, you know, but I need to do this. Yeah. So now I just love that the awareness in the world is growing. 
so people feel understood who choose this path. It's it's interesting because when you read the articles about this change in people, you kind of hit three of the areas that I think are spot on. We've heard a lot about the great resignation. You resigned and, and wanted uh, more. Then there's the great refresh, which was the time that you took hiking and finding yourself over a matter of months. And then there's the great restart where you've settled in in a different location in a different country, you know, with probably all the paperwork necessary to, to get a job there. We're also starting to see a little bit of conversation about an area you've done the restart. The other great you know, thing I'm hearing is the great regret, which are there are people who have thought they could do this and they didn't pull this off. So I'm happy when you go to the restart versus the regret. And I think a lot of things I've heard about people that have the the regret is folks who didn't know what they're getting themselves into or thought this was going to be completely different. So I'd love your 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 kind of comments of what you've seen as you've coached people out there on restart to make sure they don't have re- regret, so to speak, later on, or if there's some cautionary tales out there. Because even if you fail, even if somebody gets the regret, I would say that they've learned something about themselves, they can restart. But your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I was just actually talking with another nomad about this recently, which is the regret. It's somewhat related, but regret of choosing, of getting to a destination and realizing it's not for you. And that that can bring up that feeling of regret or like, I'm not doing this right. Or like feeling somewhat like you're feeling at the lifestyle. But, but we were discussing that that's not the case, right? It's just that not everywhere is for everyone. And part of this lifestyle is learning what is and what is not for you, which is why I'm passionate about also coaching that deeper transformation piece, because the truth is that this lifestyle teaches you more about yourself, I believe, than many other ways of living, because you're literally pushing yourself into discomfort, into the unknown, which is where you learn the most about yourself. So I think I don't even believe in regret. I just believe in self-knowledge, right? So it's a, okay, this didn't work out. And now I know that much more what's for me and what's not for me. So it's almost like in this lifestyle, you can, you learn so much about yourself and about environments and people and community that is for you and not for you, which as you go, allows you to curate more and more of what is for you, which has been my journey as well is I've definitely learned. I'll just give a a very honest example. In the pandemic, I ended up in Playa del Carmen because Mexico was accepting nomads at the time. And that was not for me. It wasn't my town. It's beautiful. It's, got the beach. It's very comfortable. It's very expat friendly, but it just wasn't my place. And I gained a lot of value from it still, found a great community, moved to Mexico City, fell in love with Mexico City. That was my way more my environment. And I learned what it was about it, the community, the dance scene. So it's it's really for each person, it's that journey of learning more and more about themselves through the lifestyle. And I just really think it's important for those looking to get into it or living it to not have that regret, but just to take it as lessons and self-knowledge to continue to curate the lifestyle to best fit their needs. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> I may have gone off of it. it. It absolutely did. It did. You know, we're getting to this point in the show where I love to hear what folks share with this answer. And that is, if you could share with us an overlooked person, place, or experience that our listeners need to know about. Yes. This is, what comes to mind for you? Well, that is a big question because there's always gems to uncover everywhere, right? But something does come immediately to mind and spent a good amount of time in Mexico over the past 
couple of years and or 2020 to 2022. And I think it's often popularized like the beach towns in Mexico City, which are amazing. I love Mexico City. But the Chiapas region, there's a small town called San Cristobal de las Casas. And that is a personal forever favorite. It just has such a charm. And I just felt super peaceful and relaxed. And I did find strong Wi-Fi, was able to work. And there's also a ton of local adventures, like waterfalls and canyon, a beautiful canyon. You can go to the Guatemala border on a day trip. And it's just so much natural beauty in a small, quaint town full of really beautiful people. So I would say San Cristobal is my choice. What's cool about that is finding something that's kind of a little bit off the reservation, so to speak. But it's, you know, when you find a place like that and you feel that it's kind of centered peace on that, I, I got to, I have to admit, you probably had great food while you were there, wonderful folks, et cetera. Quick question for our audience is how did you find about Was that word of mouth? Did you just amble into that? You know, exactly. Great question. And this is something I love about this community, the digital nomad community is in Mexico City and traveling. Everyone talks about where they've been. People share experiences. And Chiapas kept coming up when I was in Mexico from different friends. Okay. And I actually, every year, I've made a tradition to travel over my birthday to a new destination. And that's when I chose to do Chiapas. I took like a mini solo trip. And I, through word of mouth, had heard about it. And San Cristobal as well. And that's, Thankful to the nomad community, they it brought me there, and it's now a favorite a favorite spot in Mexico. And that's one of the reasons we asked this question because everybody who's been on this podcast is a member of that community, and it's amazing the different places that, that we've come up with. I think Andrew, at some juncture, we'll have to do a travelogue and capture all those and just recite them uh, again, and we'll, we'll add this to the list. Kristen, obviously, uh, folks who need coaching should be reaching out to you. Where can people find out more about you and, and get in touch with you to glean? a little bit of your experience and knowledge. Yes. So I have a few places and uh, I'm on active on Instagram. I kind of document where I am on the travels in Latin America. And so that's my handle is Kristen C. Vieira. And then I also have a website. It's kvieracoaching.com. And I also started a travel community, which is all around slow, deeper travel. So really intentional travel is kind of the mission of this group to connect more of us who travel slow in this lifestyle. And it's called uh, Digital Snow Slow Man Travel Deeper. It's on Facebook. And yeah, the, that's also linked on my website, I believe. So that's easier to find through there. But yeah, I, I love sharing about Slow matting as well. It's my way of nomading, you could say. But yeah, because it takes time to get to know each place and to settle. Yeah, I, th I think it's so healthy to go slow in most things in life, actually, to pace yourself and go slow. The faster you go, the easier it is to make mistakes. And sure, we learn through mistakes. But when it comes to living life, in this world where we have more freedom, where many of us have more freedom to, to go when we choose, I am a proponent of going slow. Alan, well, as we wrap up today's really makes session, a difference. yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, slow matting, when we, this is actually, we've had a couple podcasts on this, Kristen, and I think, Andrew and I think it's crazy because if you just burst through a community, you can only get 
a little top end of it. You can't find the little restaurants that are special, the unique people in that community, the music. Uh, you talked about dance earlier. There's different uh, dance styles around the world. And really, it takes a while there. And someday we'll have to see if there's somebody who's done any research on what is an optimal time to slow mad a particular place, whether it's two weeks, a month, three months, you know, it could depend on the place. And you know, Andrew and I have had many a conversation on this that um, it, it's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll throw one last question to you as we wrap up is you've traveled around. What, what do you think if, if somebody was planning is the optimal time that you would suggest to somebody to slow mad a particular place? Or is it so contingent upon the location that it's hard to say? Like I said, everyone can live this in their own unique way. And there's we all have different preferences and, and needs for timeline too, and what it takes us to feel settled in a place. But my advice is at least three months to really connect with the culture and find community and get to know a place at least at least three months. So that's three months has been my sweet spot. Gotcha. And Andrew, you've, you've traveled around, you've, you've slow matted. And I know you've had a, like me as a business travel. Sometimes we just have to go in for three days and, and get going. Right. What, what, what is, what would you think yes. is the sweet spot for you as, as you share with others? It's changed for me in different seasons of life. Let's see. In the current season, I'm at about two and a half weeks because I've got to get back to my golden doodle. It's oh, just calling God. me back. I just got to get back. But I'm at the three to three to 15 months per location, no less than three, really. And if, if possible, 15 months. But today, this has been so good. This is a wrap. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining in again. If you like it, give us a great review on whatever platform you're listening in on. Subscribe, share with others. And we do thank you all for joining us on this next episode of The New Nomad. Insured Nomads proudly supports the New Nomad podcast. Insured Nomads for the evolution of insurance, for the revolution of travel. For all your travel, medical, and support needs, please visit our website at insurednomads.com. We support our location-independent community worldwide. Thanks for tuning in to the New Nomad podcast where we bring together an incredible community of people and ideas that embody the nomadic spirit. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review. For more amazing tips to help you take advantage of the cross-border lifestyle, please visit us at insurednomads.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.